Music Exposed, the podcast in which we review all the best albums of the 80s, one month at a time. We will break them down, give you the skinny, and duke it out over whether or not you should dig these out again. So, if you're ready for an 80s music deep dive from AHA to WAN, Bowie to XTC, Madonna, Hair Metal, New Wave, and all points in between, then crank the boombox, turn your Walkman up to 10, and let's go! Let's light this candle. Welcome to 80s Music The right stuff, right off the bat. We are a podcast without conviction. Oh, God, did you think that We're a podcast who doesn't know how to sell a contradiction. (sighs) Welcome to 80s Music Exposed. I'm Henry, and I'm joined by Chris and Megan. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. Really glad to uh, join you on this hot as hell July that we're recording. June, late, mid-June that we're recording this. Yeah, it's, it's mid. mid-June. It's mid-June, mid-June. Henry, and um, we're gonna we're gonna go to October of 1983. This episode to maybe cool us down a little bit. You can think <laughs> about Halloween, fucking leaves coming off the trees, all that good stuff. <laughs> Halloween, cooler weather. It's 97 degrees. What's the temperature there in Detroit? I mean, it was like 95 today, but in my house it's 80 degrees, so it's hot. Like, Ooh, but it's been that hot air conditioner working to keep up. Well, down here, we would have a glass of sweet tea to keep us cool. I don't know what you would do up there in Detroit. I swear. I say, I say, boy. I say, boy, you need some sweet tea. (laughs) I just have iced tea. Iced tea. I'm not a fucking fat piece of shit. Right, right. (laughs) You need a mint julep. A mint julep does sound nice. That does kind of sound nice. Anyway, why don't you go slather up some mint juleps? No, you can't because you know what you have to do? You have to sing the Billboard Top 100 Top 5 songs from October of 1983. Oh, shit. A okay. new tradition. And I think I'm going to stump you this time. And when I do, Megan's going to jump in and bust a rhyme on you. Okay. Hit That's it. way too hot for that. <laughs> I thought it was. All right. Wow. No, number one, Henry, is uh, a song by Bonnie Tyler called Total Eclipse of the Heart. How's that go? Nothing I can do. A total eclipse of the heart. You have to go like this. Ah, total eclipse. Ah. It sounds like you doing, like trying to do Monty Python doing <laughs> Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> but I'll she take it. Older, she I'll, was older back then. She was. Yeah, yeah I felt that way too. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, what's this old lady doing on the top 40? <laughs> right. She's she probably classic 35, Chris. right? Um, oh my god, no, I was thinking more like she looked like 50, but maybe fine. that's 35 and 83. And 83, yeah, I think that was an, that was an 83, 35, which is now a 64. <laughs> um, Henry, I'm gonna stump you right fucking here. Number two was Making Love Out of Nothing at All by Air Supply. Making love out of nothing at all. Making love out of nothing at all. You're making, making that shit up. You're making bullshit out of, out of bullshit. That's not it at all. That's not the tune. It's kind of But weird. that's the name of the song, right? Making love. I see, I don't you can't know. just sing out the words however you want to sing it. Making love out of nothing at all. Making love. You can keep doing it over and over. But that's, that's it. Okay. The audience You're knows. You're basically doing the Bonnie Tyler again. Here's, no, I'm not. Here's what that song sounds like. So, audience, uh, for your information, you just heard it. I did not pull that song up because I don't care. And um, <laughs> so, next episode, we'll give you an update on whether Henry was fucking right or not. No way. I don't, I'm not buying it. I also don't know that you were singing it well enough to even it be right or wrong. I think you were just going, I love nothing at all. I don't know. If that Are they known for that song? I've never heard of it, but it I went have. to number two on the chart. So, and Henry. <laughs> Henry loves the air supply. So, number three was King of Pain by the Police. Let's get back to like the I real will world. Always be King of Pain. 
<laughs> you're really struggling tonight, aren't you? That sounded like uh, Michael J. Fox from that bar band movie he did, trying to do King of Pain. Bar band? Where he tried to be like okay. the singer. All right, we've stumped Megan. Megan, there was a movie which starring Joan Jett and Michael J. Fox called, I think it was called... I'm getting it. I'm going to get Light it. Light of Day. Yes. I have... Oh. Ooh. Okay, so... On the soundtrack, her and Michael J. Fox do three songs on the soundtrack with their band called the Bar Busters. That was from the movie, by the way. That's wanna, a bad name. If you want to hear that a little bit. The Bar Busters? The Bar Busters. Um, I've never heard of any of this. Like, yeah, you're making this up right now. No, you got to no, watch it. You, 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 you're going to want to go watch that. If You're an 80s aficionado. You're going to want to see and that. Then after that, go watch Bright Lights, Big City. Mm, which is a better movie, but it was better. Henry, number four is a song. Oh, I can't wait to hear you do this. Is by Spandau Ballet called True. This much is true. This much is true. I know, I know, I know this much is true. <laughs> that was vaguely right. Yeah, that was right. I mean, <laughs> it was sort of right. It was very middle of the road. I thought you were going to go for it. Well, I was just like, I, I, you scared me a little bit because I was like, if I go for it, you'll like, <laughs> your, your face will screw up. Megan, do you want to take number five or do you want Henry to finish it out? The song is called She's Sexy and 17 by the Stray Cats. Yeah. Do you remember I mean, that I'm not one? Sing that. I don't think Henry should either. <laughs> she's so like, she's sexy and 17. Oh, no. My little uh, rock and roll queen. Oh, you know he's right because he's da, da, snapping da, da, it out. Isn't that it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. so but he's going to isolate that clip and oh. use it against. <laughs> that song always reminded me of uh, one of this those Looney Tunes cartoons where the or Tom and Jerry where Tom's tapping. They are fucking Looney Tunes. I'll run for like, I'll run for some kind of office when I'm sixty, and they'll say he said this on his podcast. <laughs> uh, well, if we haven't lost any viewers at this point, we're off to a either a rip roar or a rocky start. Sometimes I can't tell. Let's take bets as to whether he's still playing that song. Oh, he's definitely playing that song. No, he's he can't. That's, that's in not the in catalog. 2022. They're not getting Brian, that. Brian Setzer Orchestra. Setzer? He ain't playing that. Oh, I think he's. I, de- I think he's. You can't say that. somebody's sexy in seventeen now. It's you know, pedo. It's one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't right know on the stand. right on the edge so, of pedo. <laughs> That's what the album was titled. <laughs> Get another one. <laughs> Just like a wide winged dove. <clears throat> okay. Mm. <laughs> all right all right it was a different era it was a, it was a different era folks it was a different time henry do we have any listener emails before oh my, we get into things we sure do a guy named adrian wrote us uh said hey guys and megan i want to say that i really like your guys podcast i found it a few months ago the wife and i listen and they're almost caught up to where we are now i think the format is a great way to go through some of these albums especially to maybe catch something you wouldn't otherwise hear i mean that's kind of was kind of our goal right to put stuff in our ears that we weren't going to normally do uh, he says, keep up the wor- uh, good work, guys. Most of the time we agree with what you guys are saying, but even when we don't, Brian Adams isn't so bad. Just wait for the Reckless <laughs> album. Mm, boy. He's disagreeing with us on Brian Adams. <laughs> Adrian started strong. He started really strong. But I, I'm gonna, I, you know what? For Adrian, I'm going to give Reckless another chance. Back then, I thought it was dog shit. I'm just going to say it. Um, but I'll give him another chance. He's got some hits, though. He's got some hits. Adrian, if I remember right. Yeah, he does have. I mean, he's a hit maker. And Adrian, if I remember right, I think Reckless came out about 1988. So look for that show to hit that episode to hit the uh, podcast stores in about 2031. (laughs) (laughs) If we can still talk at the rate we're going, we'll be there in the 2030s. Putting my dentures in. (laughs) Didn't be talking about it. Anyway, thanks a lot, Adrian. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks, Adrian. We really appreciate all the listeners out there, even Ken. Yes. Um, so we love Ken. We love Ken. I'm just I, he. He knows I pick because I love him. Um, so let's do some significant events from October of 1983. Get us in the mood. So uh, Sally Jesse Raphael debuts on KSDK. Not sure what uh, KS if that's like. A certain area, you know what I mean? I don't know. It is. But, it's yeah. uh, St. Louis. I was wanting to say, like, okay, 
Yeah, so she's so apparently she started in St. Louis. Do you did you watch the uh, Sally Jesse Raphael show at all, Megan, when you were younger? Um, I don't really remember watching any specific um, episodes or like I know it was kind of like a talk show, mm-hmm. but I remember her seeing her and like what she looked like. Yes, visually. <laughs> the round glasses are her thing, right? Yeah, I think she had red glasses always. Red glasses. Were they always red. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got one more. I don't remember this one. Uh, no, I got two more. Uh, we'll go quick. Martin Luther King so Day was established uh, that in um, October of '83, which that seems like a long time ago. Yeah, it took the nation That's forever to take on the day. Yeah, I I was shocked it even happened then. I thought it happened somewhere in the '90s, but um, yeah, I thought it was later than that. Yeah, Martin Luther King Day, and then this one is a weird one. Um, uh, uh, on October 27th, Larry Flint, who I think was the uh, uh, Hustler. Hustler Magazine. Thank you. Um, he paid a hitman $1 million to kill Hugh Hefner, Bob Guccione, Walter Annenberg, and Frank Sinatra. And his business manager stopped the payments, and Flynn claimed he was just mix. joking. Who was Walter Annenberg? I don't know. Um, the other yeah. two of those guys were like, Hugh was Playboy, right? And Bob yeah. Guccione was uh, Hustler. No, Penthouse. What? Mm-hmm. Larry no, Flint. Flint was Hustler. Yeah. Gucci yeah. Penthouse. Got it. So it's weird. Why was Frank Sinatra thrown in the mix? I mean, did he own a skin well, magazine? He didn't like what he, he said. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck that guy. You know what? Wow. I, you get four. I, for this price, you get four. You can throw anybody yeah, in. Why? Well, I, I fucking. Famous. I don't like that Frank Sinatra guy. He's too good a singer. When did he get shot? Larry Flint. Mm, that's a good question. By the way, Walter Annenberg. Was a uh, former U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. Why did he want to kill that guy? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he couldn't get into the United Kingdom. Larry Flint was shot when. Because he got paralyzed, and I know he got really addicted to like um, painkillers and stuff. So I mean, that sounds almost kind of like somebody who was on pills. <laughs> that kind of behavior. Yeah. yeah. March sixth, nineteen seventy-eight. He was shot. Oh, so he was definitely paralyzed at this point. He was definitely a drug addict at this point. Yeah, and paralyzed and yeah. crazy. I really like, I read the book about, wow. so he wrote a book called, an, on, I think it's called An Unseemly Man. Huh. He, and he wrote it himself, so it's kind of like an autobiography. Is it well but written? It was interesting. You know, that um, it seems like people who are not writers that write books, sometimes they accidentally write really well. They just didn't know it. Or they have a ghostwriter. Yeah. That's true. Like, yeah. Anyway. See, that's I. I struggle sometimes to identify which is like actually that person, or mm-hmm. you know, is it just some somebody else who's just like compiling notes or something? Yeah, I've read. But two, it's a good book. I recommend. But now Johnny Mars, boring. Not so, not so much. Not a good writer. I didn't even read it. Yeah, should have had a it's ghost hard, writer. It's pretty hard to get through. It's like really. You know, yes, it's, it's like eating. Boy. You know. And then I went to Morrissey's door and knocked. He answered. Then we started The Smiths. Chapter two. <laughs> we wrote a song. It was good. <laughs> it had a verse and a chorus. <laughs> you know, the, all the Smiths people were like, yes, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> and that album was called The Queen is Dead. Beep. <laughs> You'll know when it's time to turn the page when you hear Tinkerbell go like this. Okay, um, uh, yeah, we're going to cover some albums now. We're finally getting to the meat of the show, for those of you that are new and still here. The long-term fans, they're gluttons for this shit. We just do it, and they, they love it. So Fast-forward if you don't like it. If you don't like, you don't like our banner, that's what the fast-forward button is. Fast-forward 30 seconds. Blip, 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 blip. All right, here we go. First album. This is by a little-known artist by the name of Lionel Richie. Fringe. Fringe artist. Yes, fringe artist. The album, uh, I was just told, is called Can't Slow Down. It is an all-music four-and-a-half-star album. It's got five fucking hits on it. Damn. And Henry picked Penny Lover. Just see, girl, who 
Enough of that. I, I've got to go to the dentist next week, so I'm sure I'm going to he hear it again. He turns it, it again. off before the great part. God, that's horrible. It's it's like, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Lionel Richie's terrible. Yeah, okay. The world. Yeah, Go ahead, Chris. So tell us why Lionel Richie. It's terrible. Okay, that is reason number one, and this is the, this is it. This is going to slay you. I'm going to drop the mic right here. It's my mom's favorite band. Oh well, there you go. Next, what's the next album? <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you more, friend. This guy is a. <laughs> I love it. Five I love it. Hits. What? Five hits. Five hits. Five hits. How yeah. many songs are on the album? I don't know. The sheep love this. The sheep love this. So I, there are eight songs on it, and five of them are top ten hits. People are dumb. number one. Some, I think people sometimes don't know what they're doing. Uh, by the way, just to, just to further my reasoning, my mother's second favorite artist is Eric Carmen. So fuck you guys. All right, I, I had to hear this crap all the time. Yeah, it is real specific. That is weird. First of all, Eric Carmen. I don't know what my mom's second favorite artist. (laughs) Call your mom when you get off the podcast and ask her what her second favorite artist. It's got to be better than Eric Carmen. Um, But in all seriousness, guys, in all seriousness, and and I want to say this real quick in 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 defense. um, This episode, I want to say real quick. I Uh felt like this episode, these five artists and their music. We are getting into the meat of what we think of the '80s as, right? Like we're gonna, we're probably gonna get into the late '80s, and to us, it's gonna sound like early '90s because we forgot this shit right here. This is some '80s sounding shit. Now, Lionel. Okay, first problem I want you guys to help me with. I know it's not racist because he's not white, but on that one tune, he's like doing a fake Jamaican accent. Are, are people okay, allowed to do fake Jamaican accent? I was gonna allow you that. Okay, so. Why can't he just sing it? Why is he got to be like? It's kind of weird, right? He we does, dancing on the beach, man. Like what the fuck? Like a calypso or a waltz, <laughs> right? Like, that's what the guy does. Okay, but I, but I'll give you that. That's, okay, that's that, a deeper question. Yeah, I lo- I noticed it. Like that didn't age very well. Also, my next problem is all of his stuff is right down the fucking center of the road. Like even the stuff that's supposed to be kind of groovy is it's just like it's because the shit is timeless. Is, is it, They're trying to cash the checks. I, man, you can't just like, do yes, that without being talented. You can't just do that without being the most talented motherfucker. I mean, I feel like to listen Hero to this record. Lady. Hero lady. See, now everyone always goes to lady. That's like their trump card, which is not on this fucking album. Right. Just another example of why he's amazing. <laughs> this album sucks. Endless I, love. He wrote endless love. You're, you can't say other songs from not this I, that album. That is just, that is just, it's, um. what's the word? What do you think of the album cover? Terrible. I, I didn't care about for that one. <laughs> Terrible. It looks like. But it like, didn't matter. I just don't get it. <laughs> it didn't matter. I don't get it either. Thank you. What? what he's That's doing that. Why what, is everything white? Yeah, why is everything white? <laughs> and because is he, white looks amazing. Is he trying to pretend again like he's <laughs> from Jamaica? Why, why do you cool have to pretend shit. you're from Jamaica? It's, a, it's look at me. I'm cool as shit. I write hit songs. Ah. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I write hit songs, motherfucker. What do you do? <laughs> This is true. Uh, the guys on Toto were all over this. Yeah, the poor Caro guy. But they write. They're all over. They're like the ultimate studio guys. He They'll play wrote, on anybody's album. He wrote songs that are a part of the pattern of people's lives that have gone down to this day, dude. There are babies. <laughs> you are, you love con- yes, there are babies conceived to his to his shit. Well, that I mean, there's babies well, conceived and you, to like. You call it down the middle. I call it like. Yeah, that doesn't say much. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't say much at all. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the songs stick, man. But I mean, you keep you keep you keep saying like it won awards and stuff. That it makes did. it good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's lots of albums that won awards and stuff that are terrible. Well, I, I, some songs stick and some don't. You can have a record from. Uh, a band that is moderately good, forgettable. You won't even know it three years from now that they even did anything. Lionel Richie did work that people still sing in their head to this day. Um, I'm not saying that he did great stuff after this. I mean, Dancing on the Ceiling, somebody, that's a laughable <laughs> kind of song. It wasn't hit. You know, that comes you know, you, you know what? You look at this one. This one? This one right here? You know this why? Right here? 
I had to go with my mother. This is her favorite artist. I had to go with my mother to the Dancing exactly, on the Fucking Ceiling tour. That's exactly All right. why it was great. All right. Not just was one it song. Fun at all? Come on. It had to have its moments. I'll tell you the best moment was Sheila E. opened for that motherfucker. Ooh, and that was good. that was good. Yeah. That was good. Um I will give this album credit for one thing. It makes me think of old Miami Vice episodes, the bad ones. Yeah. So I'll give it credit for that at least. Um, That's the look he's going for. Totally. Totally. Mention it with like the pastel kind of blazer and everything. That's what I was thinking. He's going for this. So that's the other thing. I figured it out. You know that Jamaican accent thing he does? It's the yeah. same Jamaican accent that Tubbs did on Miami Vice when he was undercover. That little rumble between you and Elgato is not exactly top secret raw air mind. I think he has a Tubbs fascination. <laughs> Look, you could do that in the 80s. We're going to listen to a record later where the guy starts a- do you having think- an accent that sounds like something else. I'm going to dig deeper. Do you think Lionel Richie tried to audition to be Tubbs and got turned down? Or this was maybe his audition tape? <laughs> nope. He I'm writes not hits. It out. He don't need Miami Vice. Man, if he was Tubbs, I would love this album. This is my Tubbs album. This is my Tubbs, period. Inspired <laughs> by Megan, are you a fan or not a fan? I'm a thumbs yeah, down. Been, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. What? I'm going to give it two thumbs up. I'm sorry. Up. I got two. <laughs> well, my mom can't be all wrong, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to give it a thumbs down. Well, it makes me laugh a lot, too. Like, there's just some things, like, in the 80s, people were so sincere when they were singing some of these songs. And I just feel like it's like you don't get that anymore, really. Yeah. Like, that's not cool anymore. Thank you, um, Jesus. So, I mean, like, you listen to, mm, like, Hello. It's so painfully earnest. sincere yes. that it's almost funny. It's, yeah. it's called heart. It's called, uh, it's called. I'm not saying it's bad. Right, I'm right. Just saying it's like. And Chris controls the really whole, like, 80s canon list. It won't make the list because he's prejudiced as hell against this thing. He won't give it. It's just. I'll have you know. <laughs> just to. It's on the list. Just to add to my cred, this yeah. album is on the fucking yes, list. Yes, my man. My oh man my did it. Yes. Because you can't exactly. thoroughly understand the shitty parts of the 80s either unless you explore. <laughs> and it lifted slow me up and then cut my balls off. And, and this, episode, well, this, episode, this episode is going to have two canon albums on it. Interesting. Oh, I know. Which, I wonder which one you're going to pick. Stay tuned for that, I folks. think I know. I, think I already know. Henry, uh, why don't you take us into the next record? It could be a canon record. It could be. I, are, are, we got everybody, you two... Or thumbs up I'm with thumbs my mom. Up. My mom called in while we were, and she said, <laughs> and she thumbs, said up. thumbs up. Too. And she said, Why haven't you covered an Eric Carmen record yet? And I said, Eric Cartman is on <laughs> Cartman. South Park. Hey, guys. <laughs> Are you a record, guys? Eric Carmen is Hungry Eyes, right? Hungry Eyes. I heard yeah. Hungry Eyes so much in my house that I was begging for Lionel Richie. Oh, I just the opening of the song. I can imagine that triggering you. <laughs> Very triggering. Very triggering. All right, Henry, let's see right. the next one. Next record we're going to consider is by, this is probably the third record we've listened to from Genesis. Is I think, that right? I think, it, well, no, we did a Phil Collins record, so it feels like it. Genesis, okay. <clears throat> uh, G- this is Genesis's, tw- Genesis? Genesis's? It's a, it's a self-titled this, album is right, what he's trying to say. I was trying to get there. <laughs> but this is Genesize. Uh, <laughs> twelfth out self-titled album. We're going to listen to... Play. <laughs> Did you say it's their twelfth self-titled album? <laughs> their twelfth self-titled It's not Chicago. All right. It is Genesis. I am so fucked right now. Why don't you just say the song you want to play? And we'll get there. The band is called Genesis. The album's called Genesis. We're going to play part of a song called Second House by the Sea.
goes on and on and on like that for a while. I picked the of one course. that he's not singing on. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, I'm going to start on this one. Okay. Um, so I've been an ardent defender on our podcast of Phil Collins and Genesis up until this point, which only me and a psychopath from American Psycho ever wanted to go in that direction. If you've seen that movie. But this is where it stops for me, okay? This is where I get off the train and I start saying, these motherfuckers start ruining the 80s because this album, the very first song, Mama, starts off like, oh yeah, they're still friends with Peter Gabriel and Peter Gabriel's doing cool stuff and this is going to be cool and it's going to be pretty awesome and they're still friends and then, fuck, they turn into 80s Genesis. Not cool. This album, you can hear them turning into that next album that's coming, the one that is going to slay the 80s, the one that's going to make the late 80s what it is where people just rebel. Mm -hmm. I, I blame it all on the next Genesis album. It's the one where people are just like, Fuck the 80s. I'm tired of it. This album sucks dick, but we'll, we'll get there. But this album is like a mini suck, right? It's the suck before the storm is, is, is what I like to think Would you say, it. and this, I'm going to say, <laughs> do you believe this? Phil Collins' success ruined Genesis. The success of Phil Collins as a solo artist, his subsequent influence on Genesis ruined the core of what they are, right? You're almost right. In my opinion, you're exactly right until the point where you say he ruined. That guy that plays the keyboards in Genesis is a supreme cock knocker. He says, we got to do this with Genesis. I want to make some money now. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem with Phil Collins being the leader. He had one good album in him because he broke up with somebody. You know when you break up with somebody, that's like good artistic material, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he did some demos for that first record that he never thought were going to come to light and they turned out to be gold. His next solo record, oh my God, it's, it's right up here with this shit. Uh, I don't know. It didn't really do anything for me. Because like, I don't know, I have high expectations whenever I listen to them because they are so, I mean, they are probably one of the most successful bands of the eighties, like whether you like it or not. So I feel like I just always have high artistic expectations with them too, because of Peter Gabriel, but Peter Gabriel's not in the band anymore. So it's like, I always have to remind myself of that when this is one of those albums where it's like, Oh yeah, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. Well, my expectations of that band was not even at the first, I probably heard of That's All on the radio, right? Yeah. But I didn't know anything about Duke Genesis or Peter Gabriel Genesis or any of that shit until, you know, well into the 90s, right? Right. Yeah. So it didn't really, an invisible touch was just like part of the wallpaper. Of, Ooh, there it is. Of, he said it. It's like Voldemort. You can't you say, say Invisible it. Touch. Remember it's that, invisible it's the touch. album that's coming. Remember they did that weird fucking like video with the puppets? The oh, no. Yes. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's duke it out. It's so bad. It's no so bad. Okay. I can like a song. You can. Well, there's a lot, a lot of songs on that one. Oh, God. It's like, it's awful. Okay, so. But, okay, this record has no coherence. That's the, that's the problem. It's a, it's a, they didn't even try it. Like Journey decided, if we're not going to be a prog rock band or an experimental band anymore, we're going to hire uh, Steve Perry and we're going to do all pop songs. And they did a whole pop album, pop, 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 pop. These guys just went like, eh, we don't know what we are. Well, it yeah. took it took them a little while to transition. So let's be fair. Um, Abacab and Duke, which I think are very fine records are like in that period where Phil Collins has still got some artistic integrity going on and he's leading the band. Uh, the Lamb that li- Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, I think is the last one with Peter Gabriel, and it's really good. So they're transitioning into shitty. They don't just instantly go. This is definitely a transition record, right? You can, yeah. And so I guess if you do... It, I kind of I kind of see it in their favor. They weren't instantly able to get terrible. They didn't like downshift instantly. It took an album to downshift, right? <laughs> well, they had to figure out can we be this? Can we be this terrible? Yeah. Can, can we, we be a pop band? Oh, we can because Invisible Touch is coming and we can be horrible. Is Invisible Touch the one that has I can't walk, I can't dance? No, that's, that's, even, worse. that's even worse. That's the okay. next one. That's when we've entered the third gate of hell. Is is uh, Land of Confusion? Which, is that the one with the puppets, the weird, creepy ass puppets? Yeah, we're That's getting the, into prime eighties territory. There. That's like so many people love that song. 
Oh, and like love Land the- of Confusion is like mm-hmm. loved though. And love that album. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna piss a lot of people off because it is a very popular album. And I I I hope you guys understand we're gonna have to cover that album by itself. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna have to talk to for an That's hour. That's a canon album. You're gonna have to do that's a, a that, that album's in the. It's a canon. I can't stand it. It is. It is. Can't deny it. It's gonna be in the fucking canon. Mm -hmm. Well, I I do want to go on the record here. I was being very harsh to this. I don't hate this one either. I just, I just think it's not good. I don't think it's heart rending, terrible like Invisible Touch. Like Invisible Touch squeezes the life out of my body and like. Hate the next. Yeah, I hate the next. Everything else Genesis does is just gonna be in the crapper. Just be ready. The other, I'll probably cut this out. The other interesting thing, what? I didn't know this. Listen, you know the tall, weird-looking guy in Genesis, the guy that played the guitar or whatever? Yes. Uh-huh, I do. Did you, he speaks like, um, like I imagine, like Richard III or something. He's like London, and he's like, <laughs> yes, I thought Peter was a very good uh, front man for our band, and I thought he was uh, amazing, and I don't know what my keyboard friend is talking about, but... Uh, it's like Whoa, I don't know what my keyboard, keyboard friend. Is. I don't know that guy's name, so I can't. I hope he did call him my keyboard friend. I don't. Is that that was a horrible London accent, right? But um, you guys should listen to him because he's very proper. Which you don't think like the others are not proper, you know? Like because Phil Collins is very Cockney, They're right? All very English, though. They're very English, but Phil's very like gutter English. You know, like I always talking the other day, like right, you know. And then this guy's like, "Yes, Phil, I think that's a wonderful idea, and that's." Uh, Retire to the bath. <laughs> Retire. I'm going to go back to my spooky painting where I reside. <laughs> full swell, I full swell. <laughs> so I'm not going to give this a thumbs up or down. I'm going to give it a sideways thumb. If, if you're a completist, go listen nah. to it. Yeah. I, I'll give it a thumbs up. There's some good prog on here. Cool. And there's a minimum of bleed eats. There's maybe one bleed eat on the second side. I think yeah. you guys are too, are too generous bleed with eat. your thumbs, by the way. I've, I've been meaning to I'm tell you that. It, no, I gave, I'm also going to give it a meh, like an in-between, because it's not really that bad, but it's just, for me, it's not my cup of tea. Okay. That's fair. Does that makes sense. And I wasn't a big other fan of Genesis. So, like, before the prog stuff, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that. So them getting out of that is kind of, like, fun and interesting to me a little bit. I think, Henry, you're of an age and a racial makeup that you could probably go back and check out some Genesis prog and like it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's music for of old white age. people is what I'm saying. <laughs> old white men. Guys. Old white men. <laughs> it's in your I mean, wheelhouse. See, we're the <laughs> podcast that does not pull any punches. No, I'm going to call it like I see it. Lionel, stop trying to be Jamaican. Henry, go listen to some (laughs) 70s prop. We don't give a fuck. All right. This is one I had never heard of before, um, before this was recommended to us. Um, So it's Nick Hayward. That's the artist. And it's the album called North of the Miracle. All music 4.5. And it's a listener pick. We're going to put a card Whistle Down the Wind, which is from 16 Candles, I think. Wow. Okay. I didn't remember it, Megan, until I heard it again, but I forgot it's from the movie. Great get. Okay, here it is. Out the window Look what's happening In my prison Watching day by
pre-80s way of saying, you know, like he- there are just certain new wave. Like, I mean, I like the sound. This is Here this song is very 80s, right? I mean, like we're, we're getting there. Like I said, this is some 80s. This is mainline 80s shit. Like if, if our listeners, if the, if the 80s is like heroin to our listeners, they're all just like keeled over right now. Just zoned out. But this dude, by the way, this is the former lead singer of and songwriter of Haircut 100. Yeah, he had quit. And this is his follow-up. Right. And we, we covered that record. I didn't realize they did do some other records, but basically once he quit, Haircut 100. Yeah, they weren't was, any good. Was over. After he yeah. was gone. Um, I would submit they weren't any good when he was in them. But well, this, we, didn't, we didn't like the record. I didn't much. like it, no. But this record is like a better version of that to me. It's like less, um, geez, guys, you're so fucking happy. Chill the fuck out a little bit. But does this not sound to you guys like, I, I, this is like XTC for like yes, middle of the why road the hell, people? How would you just, you oh, put, sorry. I was going to say XTC, Chris. I'm sorry. Miss me up. But also, there's just like a, I mean, because of its the Haircut 100 connection, I guess, but he kind of, it just reminded me a little bit of like Spandau Ballet. And like it just had that kind of element. Yeah, I I hear that too. I didn't pick up on that much. I I kind of hear that. Just a little bit. Yeah. I did get the XTC part. The singing, especially some of it. I thought yeah. that the front the front half of the record uh, was a little more had a little more depth than the second half of the record. I think it, it, it kind of was like going up a mountain. It was getting kind of dense, and then to me, it just dropped off silly. Apparently, a lot of the songs from this record were in the works to be on the second Haircut One Hundred album when they fired him, mm. which it has come out. I don't know. The official story was he quit, but really, it's come out later that. Uh, he was being such a, a dickhead that they fired him. Our uh, Patreon subscriber, Matt Geske, is the one that uh, suggested that we listen to this. He said that he found this more breezy and relaxed than Haircut 100. It's I mean, they called, somebody called this New Wave, but it's a solid pop album. With, it's like New Wave pop, though, yeah. which yeah. there is a lot of New Wave because New Wave was so popular at this time. I think they were kind of they figured it was an easy crossover kind of thing mm. where you could be in the top 40 potentially, which I think this charted in the UK. I don't think it did in the U S I kind of felt like listening to this too. Like if it had just been a haircut 100 album, it might've been big because I think if he'd had that name behind it, yeah. the songs are better than the first yeah. album to me quite a bit better. Nick Hayward's record was good <laughs> all up until he gets to the kick of love. And then it just kind of drops off. I don't know what that is. The guy that recorded it was Jeff Emmerich, the the, the Beatles guy. Yeah. So um, I think he put a really good finish and sheen on it. I just think that maybe he should have rethought the last quarter of it. That's all. How many songs, Henry, do you have it pulled up? How many songs were on the album? Uh, I don't have it pulled up. Because I feel like sometimes these guys, when you start doing the research and the second album where they're struggling to get material... Yeah. And then there are ten songs okay. on this album. I wonder if they're pressured to do ten because, like now, you you know, with streaming and stuff, he could have just done seven and been fine. Like this was better than I expected it to be because I just had never heard of it before, and it looked very like the album cover. I was like, hmm, this doesn't really say anything to me, you know. Like it just didn't stand out really in any way. The name didn't stand out like mm-hmm. nothing. So, but I was really glad because I probably would have never listened to this to be I, honest. Yes, it wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gotten on my radar either. No, and yeah. I want to thank thank the listener again. What is what is his, his name? His name is Matt Geske. Yeah, uh, Matt McGeske. Geske. McGeske. S K E. Just Geske. 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 Yes. Do people call him Just Geske? Hey, Just Geske. Just get Geske. over here. You get might be here. bringing out some terrible memories. <laughs> I, you know what I just did? I just did an accent after ripping people for doing accent. I was about to use. Yeah, but I don't know what accent that was. Oh, so good. I okay. <laughs> Good. It was unidentifiable well, in terms of identity. So that's that part of the country. <laughs> that part of the country we could still use the word retarded. Oh, oh I'm cutting that out. Retarded. We can't, we can't use that. Are you retarded? We like can't that. use that word in our in our podcast, so that's yeah. gone. 
Um, yes, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Thank you to uh, Mageski or whatever his name is. He can be called Mageski. Mageski. And um, <laughs> we love, this has been great. Like, listeners are starting to uh, suggest stuff, and it's fun for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So, people, please keep it up. We yeah, love it. I love it when they kick in like that and give us um, homework. That's great. Yes. And if there's anybody out there that's a big heavy metal fan, we need, uh, we're bad with metal. So, if you've got metal suggestions, because I'd like to hear something called good metal. I'm not heard a lot of it so suggest hey, it please we, we've got some okay metal judas priest yeah and then crickets and then yep everything else pales in comparison <laughs> yes that's uh, just because judas priest is so good um yeah. you guys want to give your thumb rating on this in case i missed it oh definitely a thumbs up thumbs up okay all right henry will you tell us about the next little band yes the next little band we're going to listen to uh, is fronted by a guy named boy george haven't heard of him. What's his deal? Oh, a guy named Boy George. <laughs> the band was called uh, Culture Cl- Culture Culture Club, and the record's uh, called Color by Numbers. And we're going to listen to a song called Miss Me. Miss me. I know you miss me. I know you miss me, beloved. I know you miss me. I know you miss me. I know you miss me. say they sing a hundred percent better than I, Lionel Richie. <laughs> let's not get percent better let's than not Lionel Richie. A hundred percent. He is somebody a, call an ambulance. 100%. No, we're having a mental health episode so, issue here in right. the pod. So room. listening to these two records somebody, back to back, there is so much life and vitality to this record. Okay, and that's just, different. There's just the dead like, plasticness that sounds like it should be in an elevator with voice, Lionel Richie. Though. Oh, man. He does not have a better voice than Lionel Richie. He has such a better voice than Lionel Richie. It's not even funny. He's so soulful for uh, I can literally hear so my big. mailbox filling up with vitriol <laughs> over that statement. A nation, a nation is going to beat our doors down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to call him like I see. He's a national treasure, Chris. He is a national treasure. I don't know what people forget about is how big Boy George was in the 80s. He was huge. And like, I, you kind of forget until you look back at some of the stuff from the 80s. And it's like, whoa, people mm -hmm. loved him, which is shocking. And let's also remember when we reviewed the first Culture Club record. And I remember talking about this, like, you, it, it caused a lot of weird confusion in an adolescent kid like me. Like, look, okay, is that a is that a girl or a boy? I kind of like him. Well, let's let's wait, you know let's I mean? let's shelve that because we do have some more of that to talk right. about. But let's shelve that a minute. Let's talk about the yeah. album because I want to. I make another shocking comparison to your Lionel Richie love. What there is one, two, three, four oh, songs. The There's four. Hits on this fucking record, dude. Yeah, this was a huge record. Huge. 
Huge record. What do you got? Caramel Chameleon, Miss Me Blind, and what else? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's yeah. a miracle. Yeah, okay. Okay. I can go in without the church of the poison. Yeah. I don't even know that song. The energy is different, but I don't think that, like, yeah. vocally, I would compare him or put him on the same level as Lionel Richie. Exactly. Apples but the and fucking oranges. That's because you and guys. Are transphobic. Oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. That's why we hate <laughs> I, the record. I just wanted to well, say I the word it. transphobic. <laughs> I wanted to jump to the island of me being non transphobic first. <laughs> Stop virtue signaling. First of all, <laughs> okay, but you guys, this is a good record. I went into this not liking the first record. No, and I was pleasantly surprised how much I liked this record. One of those records where I think it because it almost is I would almost say that this is a canon record too, honestly. And we might have three recommendations for canon records on this episode because I think this album, everybody remembers it so fondly because it's like, you think of the Karma Chameleon video and like, this was the perfect storm at the perfect time for Mm -hmm. them, like to become huge. But it is crazy that they did become as big as they did because of the way he looked. And this was very early eighties, but I think MTV definitely helped a lot because they're very image centric. I think the shocking ambiguity of him uh, covered over uh, what was otherwise to me a little forgettable, like black money goes on and on and on and on with the same. I don't know why they let this song go on for almost six minutes or something, you know, with the same Lyric, lyric, uh, you know, all the time. Well, I, I will say this is another album. We talked about this earlier. I don't know that there needed to be 15 tracks on this record. If this was oh a God. nine, yeah, if this was a nine or 10 track record, I think you've got a, you've got a Canon record. And the other reason I do, I'm not putting it in the Canon is I do believe that the main impact of boy George on the eighties is actually from the first record. Um, even though it's not as good of a record mm-hmm. and, that record to me wasn't good enough by itself to be canon. So like if I could do an addendum where like a cultural canon, this dude is there, but their music, I don't know that it is this cover. Um, those three other, uh, friends in on the cover, that is some, those are some stereotype eighties looks like, wow, those guys. Um, and then why is boy George looking like, why did he pick that look for the cover? He's like a little there's brooding. Like one great album cover tonight, I think. I know there's one for sure. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys remember what the story was about, about Karma Chameleon? <laughs> yet. You remember that? No, what's the story? The story about Karma Chameleon was that it was about another guy in the band that was oh, hooking he said, up with him so, on the DL. So he said there were like five songs on this record about the other guy. That many? Yes. Uh, I heard it about Karma Chameleon, but not even Miss Me ones. Blind is also about the other guy. You're going to miss me blind. Because yeah. even today, I don't think there's really any artists that are going to that level in terms mm-hmm. of like, because some of his looks were just like absolutely wild. Not in a bad way, but like, I don't think we even see that kind of stuff now. Yeah. And I feel like he was with Gaga, maybe. Right? I feel like he should get more credit for being like a, such a. Uh, trailblazer and like now he should be revered. I mean, like what he was doing is so, so ahead so. of the time, but he's not at all. I, it is a bad album cover. And it's a terrible album cover. It's too busy. It's busy. Looks like it a, just looks cheesy as it hell. Looks like a K Tail record. It does. Cover. It does. It looks like a reissue. Like if some yeah, like a Rhino Records Culture Club reissue. I'm gonna give the record a thumbs up though. It is too long. It has its flaws. But the songs on it are, by and large, better than anything Lionel Richie ever did. Whoa, I said it. Oh. Thumbs down for me. I wasn't okay, a that's fan. I didn't not fair, but I will give it a, <laughs> a thumbs up. I like the way you said, uh, that's not fair, and moved right on. Okay. <laughs> this is one of Chris Lennon's top five favorite albums of all time, of any genre, of any era, of any time. It's, it's an amazing album. It's by Cindy Lauper. It's called She's So Unusual, and this song is Money Changes Everything.
Something I've noticed on our show is when we really, really, really like a record, we don't know what to say about it. It's because it's easier for us to rip on it. We can find a million reasons to rip on something, but when something is so like unimpeachably good, there's nowhere to go except... Listen to this, man. Well, this, this, I think there's a lot to say about this record because to the present day, like I've never heard a voice like Cindy Lauper's before, like just such mm-hmm. an unusual voice. And yeah. I mean, this record is just, I think it's aged so well. I feel like this is kind of what like some of the best parts of like 80s music are. Um, I feel like the, the they found mu- a music that matched her quirky voice so well well it's interesting that you bring that up henry because you can hear that Mm -hmm. on the 30th anniversary celebration version of she's so unusual oh really if you it's got at the end of it a bunch of the demos that her and her boyfriend who at the time was in uh blue angel oh yeah with her did for these songs and it's interesting how different megan you were saying the production and i kind of agree with you except for if you want to know, like, if you're if you're not a music nerd and you're like, what does the producer do? Mm-hmm. Listen to the album versions of these songs versus the demos, where you can hear the hooks, but you can hear where somebody with a with another ear is like, move this here, put that there, and sing that four times in a row. It changes it. The, the demos on here sound a lot more rockabilly than really. Yeah, it's a lot more raw than what came on the record. So I have to go back and listen. Yeah, to that. it's really for people that are really into this. It's it it was a eye opener for me. Um, this is obviously going to go on the canon. Well, and it's weird that it's like timeless, but also extremely nostalgic, which yeah. is a very unusual very many things that are like that i guess and i mean that that in itself i mean i think that's partially why it has stood the test of time and people love it so much yeah and i think she is this time period for her too like her quirkiness and i don't know if you guys remember the videos from this album she was doing with all the wwf stars uh were in the Mm -hmm. and the wwf was like this new thing that was like big Mm-hmm. It was the first time wrestling was like on. Yeah, I think Captain it was Lou, Lou Albino. Lou Albino right? was yeah. in it, and a couple of the others were cameoed in it. And then um, she also was about to be. Was she in Goonies? She was in. I don't know. I don't or she was in. She a, did the song. She did the song, and then she actually was in a movie. This I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was by the same director. So like, she is very eighty. Like from everything I read, that's, they say that she is. You know, her existence helped to popularize new wave and punk rock for just legions of people. Right, um, Megan? Oh, do you yeah. remember the first time you heard this record? Was it when you were young, or was it later? Probably. I mean, the whole record. I don't think I actually listened to the whole record until I was a little bit older. because a lot of people just know the hits you know what i mean and growing up i mean the songs time after time and girls just want to have fun in particular Mm -hmm. i mean those were just everywhere you know because i was born in 92 so i mean anything in the 90s and like early 2000s i feel like soundtracks and Mm -hmm. like vh1 and mtv of course like they would cover like i love the 80s stuff and like she was always mentioned so i was very aware of her but i would say within the past 10 to 15 years is when i actually like uh listened to the full album mm-hmm. i read her autobiography too which was interesting wow. uh just learn she just seems like a very nice person the movie she was in was called vibes it was with jeff goldblum oh yeah it came out in 1990 or 1988 man i haven't thought about that in a long time yeah it didn't do well never- but it's, it's very 80s it's really kind of cool um little movie there to look into it she actually is not bad and she's funny um she's got a really great personality i think they just let her be her um so yeah this album is obviously canon for me again i don't i feel like i haven't really talked about it that much but it's just uh, awesome i just think if you like the 80s you, you're gonna love that album and it's a quick album too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you know. I mean, all killer, no filler. I'm you should also mention the cameo. And I love looking at like I think so cool. Like I thought, like that's like a classic '80s album cover because of her style. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. yeah, for sure. And the videos were iconic. I mean, they helped. Time. I mean, we we have to mention it was the MTV era. But um, weren't the Hooters? The Hooters were on this album. Really. 
Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. You can hear that guy. You know the guy in the Hooters does that. that what's that instrument called? What has keys, but you blow on a tube into that? So the, the solo on Money Changes Everything is that guy going... Da, da, da. It sounds like an accordion. Wah, 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 wah. That's oh, the, that's what that is. Yeah, that's the okay. Hooters guy. I wondered what that was. Yes. It's very weird. Like, if you listen now, after listening to that a lot, and you know it, they're on there, and then you listen to that And We Dance song, it, the music sounds <laughs> very similar to um, the Cindy Lauper music. I forgot that that was them. So yeah, that I'm was them. Yes, I actually kind of like that song. Maybe yeah. I like the Hooters, you know? Yeah, you except for that terrible name. Yeah, the, the Hooters were okay. It's such a dumb name. It is. It's it's the word. Melodica so- is the name of that 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 instrument. It's like a thing you stick in your mouth, but it has a keyboard. Um, you huh. blow into it, and it's but it's got keys. Um, so it's yeah. kind of an awful noise works yeah. in that song. I don't. Yeah, it's like one of those instruments <laughs> where you don't want to start a rock band and be the guy that's like, yeah, I play melodica. But all right, so yeah, that's a canon album for me. Obviously, a thumbs up. I think we got three thumbs up there. Yeah. For the big finish, I'm obviously going to pick that as my pick of the episode. I'm gonna. I might pick that as my pick of the '80s. Dang. Damn. Damn. I'm gonna throw that. I shit mean, I'm gonna down. pick it for the episode just because. I mean, it's not really fair to the other records because it's not. It's even not though really none of them were that dismal, like this one was just. It's just so good. I should go with Lionel Richie. My mom just called in and said Lionel Richie is still the best album of this episode. But so it's unanimous on Cindy Lauper. That's all right, Lionel. I still love you. It, you gave it a thumbs up. I gave it a thumbs up, <laughs> and I defended you against all. God, all, you defended him so much. <laughs> Thank okay, God. All of the attacks were, most of them were not for me. <laughs> I think we're past all the Lionel Richie for the 80s. I don't think I have to cover, oh no, Dance in the Streets, or Dance on the Ceiling, or whatever it's called. My next blog entry is going to be called In Defense of Lionel Richie. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to mention, y'all didn't even mention this. I can't believe you let him get away with this shit. <laughs> Remember when um, Lionel Richie did the song Hello? And the video, on yeah, you TV keep bringing it up all was the about, time. Was about uh, him singing it to a blind girl, and she was like, "Dude, <gasps> oh, I made a, I made a bust of you in class." And he turns it, they turn it around, and it's a, it's a bust of his head, but it doesn't look. Like it doesn't look like, like him. him. I remember that. It doesn't look like him. Because <laughs> well, she was blind. Because she's, she's blind. blind. <laughs> What are you gonna do? You so, so the very end of the video, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. He you goes, go back and look. At the end of the video, I forgot. He goes, "Oh, you weren't looking for me." <laughs> he didn't say that at all. Is it me you're looking so for? Because this looks nothing like it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that video. You gotta check that out. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to smoke and then watch that video. <laughs> Henry, why don't you wrap this puppy up? All right, up? guys. If you like the records we're choosing, please consider subscribing to the pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To all episodes forever for the rest of your life. It would help, actually, yes, if you would do it. It would help. And you'll have our newest content downloaded to your device. You might even get some uh, good retro episodes. We've been republishing one um, that we uh, recently did back uh, in the 80s and have gotten a lot of good feedback on it. So it was a it classic was a, rewind. A classic. Uh, in fact, in honor of the new single from Kate Bush, I may republish our old Kate Bush nice. episode for as a special good. treat for everyone. So you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, other platforms like Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify. Um, if you're using that, you can chat us up, ask us questions, even on Twitter at 80s Exposed or email us at 80smusicexposed at gmail.com. You can also find us on the internet at 80smusicexposed.com. You'll see a picture of us building our new podcast studio. We'll <laughs> see the, the bones are starting to appear there. We've also got a blog up there, and you can listen to uh, a whole bunch of episodes on the listen page. Henry, have you posted uh, the Chris's 80s music canon on our website yet? I will have that on my to-do list, and it will be up by next week, Chris. All right, get it off the to-do list and onto the website, Henry. Yes, sir. <laughs> we don't have a ton of Canon records yet, so now's the perfect time. Yes. All right, it. we'll get that uploaded and our listeners can find it and give us what for and tell Chris about things he should put on there, too. Yep, and I will not do it. And he will not do it. You can leave <laughs> us a voicemail on SpeakPipe also. You'll see that link in the show notes, and eventually that will show up on the website. Chris, what's your Twitter handle? 
Oh, you stumped me. Um, what is it, Henry? <laughs> at TCI Duke is yes, his it is. Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is at Hank G. Our uh, Twitter handle, we already told you what that is for the pod, is at 80s Exposed. Megan's on Instagram. What have you got there, Megan? Uh, Bastards of Young 92. Very good. If you want to reach her, you can talk to her there. I want to thank everyone for listening to our show. Thank you to the Patreon subscribers uh, who help us keep the lights on and keep us armed with new music to listen to from the 80s. Thank Chris, you, thank you, thank you. Yes, Chris, Megan, guess yes, what? Thanks. Yes, sir, what? I made you a mixtape.